The fastest way to pressure quarterbacks is right up the middle, right into their face. For this interior defensive line class, are there enough prospects that can do that? Yes. And we'll let you know who they are next on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Locked On family? Let's get locked in. Welcome back to the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, your daily podcast covering your favorite draft prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your boy, Damian Parson, always on the ones and twos. You can find and follow me on Twitter at DP underscore NFL. My national scout over with the Draft Network, as well as the host of the Locked On Clemson Tiger Podcast. And as always, man, we appreciate y'all and thank y'all for making Locked On NFL Draft your first listen today. Every day, Monday through Friday, tapping in with us, being our family, but our every single day is we love and appreciate y'all. But as always, man, I can't do anything championship related without my guy, Mr. LSU himself, Keith Sanchez. And you can find and follow him on Twitter at the talent code. Keith, talk to him, baby. What's up, Locked On family? Let's get locked in. This is Keith Sanchez, senior draft analyst with the Draft Network, man, and 2019 national champ with those LSU Tigers, man. But you know why we're here, right? We're here to bring you championship-level content. Myself, Damian Parsons, surrounded the NFL Draft 24-7, 365. We're still going into the summer, man. And DP, we're in a special part, right, because we're into that scouting notebook. A couple of days ago, we made the transition to the defensive side of the football, and now we're talking about the big nasties, right? Those interior defensive linemen, the position that Aaron Donald has made, I guess you can say it's a sexy position now, right? Everybody wants, you know, everybody wants those high-caliber interior defensive linemen you have guys like what Jeffrey Simmons getting paid a lot of money you have Chris Jones leading defenses from the interior defensive line position so it's a must that we get into this class DP and this 2024 class is a rather interesting class because I see the scouting notebook writing this who is IDL one and Opposite of what last year was, everyone knew Jalen Carter was the best defensive tackle heading into the college football season. I don't think anyone knows yet, right? Like, there's some big names out there, but we're still trying to figure out who's that best defensive line prospect, who's that guy that could potentially go top 10. So let's get into this discussion, DB, and start this thing off. First of all, foremost, who is the best interior defensive lineman in this class as you have done your work through your scouting for the summer? I'm going to tell you, Keith, I think – I. It's tough, man, because I don't. It's, it's hard to, to pinpoint one, but I believe when it's all said and done, idea one is going to be a tiger, whether it's an LSU tiger or a Clemson tiger. I think it's going to be one of those two, man. Um, you know, and for me, it's between Mason Smith and Rook or Row, Row, Row. And, you know, Rook is like he's a little different than his teammate Tyler Davis. You know what I'm saying? But, like, the way that they're used, Rook is dense build, strong, uh, can anchor in the run game. But there's so much there's so much growth for him as a pass rusher, and he's versatile. They move him at – they put him at DN, kind of five tech. They put him out – they kick him out of kind of the six tech, seven tech, outside shoulder of the tackle, outside – over there with the tight ends. Then they reduce him down to one. They put him at two eye, three, four. They move him all over the place, man, even some zero tech. So, like, you know, when you're talking about getting those pass rushing packages and you put him at the as the the, the quote-unquote nose tackle to rush up field. But I think when you look at all the, the – when we look at tools, right, bet on traits, mm-hmm. I think that's Mason Smith, man. He's got the size. 
the body, right? And the power and the athleticism. And I, I think it was back in 2021, I believe it was, uh, you know, the year before he got hurt. It was a Kentucky game. And I can't remember, I think I was watching one of their offensive linemen, and he was an absolute monster, right? He was un- almost unblockable. And I was like, who is this guy? And I looked him up, and I think he was a freshman yeah, at, the time. at the time. And I was like, well, this is a this is a young kid doing all this on the defensive line, but he's a big boy athlete. I think he, for me, he's probably going to be the sh- the the top guy just because of all the, the the stuff you can't teach, man. The, the the size, the power, and like I said, to have that surprising athleticism that he has to be able to exchange gaps and uh, handle the the reach blocks and and defeat those and being able to get into the backfield, create quick pressure and getting vertical. Plays with a good motor from what I've seen back in 2021 because, of course, he was hurt in 2022. They got hurt celebrating in, in uh, after a sack or something, yeah. Like that. It was it was celebrating a teammate, you know what I'm saying? So it wasn't That's quite right. um, the situation with was that the Detroit Lions player that was like doing the discount double check and towards I, ATL? I think so, yeah. Um, you know. It was more so him celebrating the teammate. And he ran over there, jumped in the air, and then yeah, towards ACL in the very first game of the season against Florida State. Um, and obviously he was missed. I, I so it, I almost want to have questions, right? Like just with this interior defensive line class, and then what we're looking for, right? Because what Mason Smith, and that's just what these, you know, the class period is like. Okay, what what do you value more in the interior defensive lineman? That's almost the question, right? Because we know that Mason Smith has the athleticism, right? I just think that there's more to be pulled out and to figure out because yeah. athleticism works, right? But we always talk about teams running the football, and then there's a high percentage chance that you're going to take on double teams. So I need to know how strong you are at the point of attack, right? Can you physically overwhelm interior defensive linemen and that's the part where I'm like okay that that answer needs to be kind of spoken on and obviously with the injury it was tough because it just wasn't much film and then even his freshman year like you said it might have been that game against Kentucky but there wasn't a full season of him starting too you know what I'm saying because there were all the defensive linemen so it is such a projection right now that I think is 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 tough for me but I agree like when you're talking about where the traits right the traits are with Mason Smith, uh, Rook, Aurora, Roar. I, I think that's how you say his name. And yeah. The traits are there with those guys. But I think with Mason, we still, you know, we just got to have to watch more film. We have to see him. Um, and obviously me being a Baton Rouge area, right, I, I see a lot of clips of him and things like that that surface on Twitter. And it appears that he's fully healthy. So, you know, you're talking about week one. Once again, they play Florida State, this time in Orlando, right? And so – you're going to be able to see him in a high-level matchup, and I think he's going to be able to create that momentum early on on if he's interior defensive line one. And the crazy thing about it, Keith, looking at this class, as I, you know, we talked off air, like I was doing a deep dive into, you know, just watching multiple uh, defend, defensive tackles, interior defensive linemen yesterday and, and last night. And one thing I kind of realized, all the guys that, that are closer to the top of this class, all of them were kind of – like spot starters, they had veterans in front of, front of them, so yeah. they didn't get the full workload. Yeah. So I was like, like I, I thought it was just like, okay, yeah, you got you know Tyler Davis was you know guy, but you know Rook, you still had you know of course Tyler Davis and Brian Brzee was still there and stuff like that. So it was like, all right, and then you get into a couple of other guys, and I'm like, wait a minute, man, this seems like a theme. Like a lot of these guys are super, they, they're really talented, <laughs> but it's like we don't have a full season on them as starters, right? We're, we're offensive coordinators can game plan how to block them specifically because they know that you're going to be on the field 
85 to 90 percent of the snaps. You know what I mean on the defensive line to where now that's a that's gonna be the biggest thing for these, these young these young kids. But I'm gonna tell you, man, like Rook, I think, and I think I said this on on the Clemson pod that Rook is to me Rook has the higher ceiling than Tyler Davis. Now one of my guys, caught, you know, talked about Tyler Davis and he's like, man, he reminds me a lot of Grady Jarrett. And I was like, if he hits Grady Jarrett's ceiling like that, you know. You got yourself one of the perennial best interior defensive linemen in football, but Rook is, is a guy that I, I think there's so much meat left on the bone for this young man to grow into a legitimate player. P- strength, point of attack, run game. He can collapse the pocket, and he's got the he's shown flashes of pass rush moves, being able to you know the, the shoulder fakes, head fakes, double hand swipes, half man te- you know half man technique, uh, reducing. Uh, and limiting the the surface area, what offensive linemen can uh, land their punches on and get you know get hands on him, but like that, his power can be overwhelming at times when he gets that one on one. The only thing, the main thing for me is, and I've noticed this too, Keith. If, if you agree with me, I think Mason Smith maybe the biggest out of most of these guys. A lot of these other guys are more of the three tech interior, like you know those single gap penetrators rather than okay, we got like last year we had a lot of nose tackles. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Keanu Benton, Mozzie Smith, uh, Gerard Clark. We had a lot of big body guys last year. It seems like this is more of a pass rushing group. Yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. And that's going to kind of, you know, I guess it'll be tail of the tape, right? Like how do we kind of project these guys and what do we want? And that's what I talked about, you know, kind of playing a run versus rushing a pass, right? What do you want in your interior defensive lineman? Because that is going to be how this is going to grade out and it potentially how the rest of this class is as far as the theme for this class. So coming up next, DP, I think we I think it's, it's safe to say, right, if we're talking into a defensive line, one, can, can we say that the, the jury's still out, right? Like we have a, a couple guys at the very top, but naming into a defensive line, one, it's premature for what we do, right? Like there, there is no interior defensive lineman, one, because there's a lot of guys that still have to play a lot of football. But when we talk about tier two guys, DP, um, there's some guys that, that, that names need to be mentioned, right? I, even with this, we talked about the, you know, the, the, the Mason Smiths and the Rooks, but there's not a lot of conversation about the rest of these guys that have mm-hmm. a true opportunity for like a Mozzie Smith to rise into the first round. Right. So I want to get into these tier two interior defense alignment coming up next. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with locked on fancy football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fancy picks each week. All season long, whether you're prepping for a draft or scouting the waiver wire every week, we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So with draft prep underway for the up and coming season, let's see who Vinny has picked out for us on this week's eBay's guaranteed fit fantasy picks of the week. When on the clock with the first overall pick in 2023 fantasy drafts, it's okay to get downright giddy about doing the gritty. That means picking Vikings wide receiver Justin Jefferson. He is a guaranteed fit. Over the past two seasons, Jefferson has led the league in both receptions and receiving yards. He will remain a dominant number one and target monster. Jefferson is a guaranteed fit to ignite the rest of your fantasy football lineup toward winning success. Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit same with your vehicle. With eBay Guaranteed Fit and over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle right at your fingertips, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Air filters, brakes, batteries, taillights, alternator shocks, struts, you name it, eBay Motors has it. And they'll make sure it's the right fit 
for your car because eBay Guaranteed Fit helps you understand exactly what part you need for your vehicle the very first time. So go forth, switch those gears, crank the AC, and say goodbye to sweating if your ride needs a little fixing up because now you know you will always be set up for success from the get-go with eBay Guaranteed Fit. Everything your vehicle is calling for is just a click away. For the parts and accessories that fit your vehicle, just look for the green check. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Tier 2 interior de- interior defensive lineman, guys. A lot of these names, we may fa- you fast forward to January, and these guys are being that IDL1 discussion, and it's a bigger group. But I- I'm going to tell you, man, mm-hmm. Keith, Michael Hall Jr. from Ohio State. Yeah, Ohio got, State he, has two. They got, you got two an opportunity to watch him. I'm interested to see what you what you said about him. Michael Hall Jr., you know, what the first thing, like he's I think he's like 296, 263, like 290, 295. So he's more of a they play him all, all over the place. They play him similar to Rook. Um, you know, they play him at some some zero, some one, reduced, reduced inside. I think he's a single gap penetrator, attacking style. Vertical penetration style defensive tackle. Man, I, I, this is a guy that has arm length. Uh, he has a functional and play strength to to collapse the pocket with just bull rushes and power. But you see the quick hands, right? Like the the club along the long arm over the swim move. Uh, <clears throat> he uses a he is he's got a little bit of a shimmy. Tries to get a little euro step going. I'm like, all right, big fella, I see you. You know, I see I, I see you out here trying to throw some things at these off interior offensive linemen. He's he's not a guy that I want handling double teams, play after play after play, and that's just something that we see in college football, right? You, I, when I was watching, I thought back to like Perrion Winfrey, where o- Oklahoma, uh, Alex Grinch, the D- D- the DC there at the time, had him playing zero tech, and he's like 290, 300 pounds, right? And and he's like, then you see him at the Senior Bowl in single gap situations as a three tech. And it's like, oh, we can't block this guy. You know what I mean? Pass as a pass rusher, he he he's got real, he's got really good upside, right? So uh, I think that's why I look at what Michael Hall Jr. is that I don't want to reduce that zero tech and one and two I, even though he's shown flashes of being able to get you there, get you out of a pinch there. I think his best ball going forward is putting him at that three tech <clears throat> interior um defensive line, just letting them go one-on-one with guards and let him continue to develop. And I think the big thing for him, too, is is he showcases the ability to collapse the pocket, but he's got to consistently get better with his hands in terms of his his punches and timing them and landing them the correct way. Because like even when he does throw that double hand swipe sometimes and some of these more advanced moves, they don't always land and then he gets stuck. So it's like, okay, if you could time it better, and, and you know what I'm saying, to where when that interior offensive lineman shoots his hands and then you that double double hand swipe lands, boom, now you just cleared him, you lock his hip, and now you're clearing past him and getting right into the face of the of the of the quarterback. So I think he is um he, he's got a high higher ceiling. Really talented kid. But I'm gonna tell you something, Keith. If there's a I mean, we use the word freak a lot, you know, and I think we use it too many too much with, with prospects. His teammate. Tyleek Williams, Tyleek, six yeah, three. I've, I've seen flashes of Tyleek. Yeah, yeah. Listen, this this dude, <laughs> hey man, this is a different style cat, bro. Six three, six four. So I think he's about three fifteen. But oh no, he moves so much different. You talking about playing with a high motor? 
like coaches love. Well, well, I'm pretty sure their defensive line and defensive coaches love this kid. There's plays where he's backside defender. He gets into the backfield, runs going to the opposite uh, perimeter, and he chases the ball down yep. to make devastating hits. And you know he 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 plays with his hair on fire. And you see, and for a big guy that is about three fifteen, he's got a quick first step too, explosive first step off the ball. And you know what I mean. Same similar to to with Hall. Like they both can they, that drive phase coming off the ball, they keep their shoulders low and then get into you, and that's when they make that they make their their moving. They he fit to me, he feels like a guy that I think this year, like Hall, he's supposed to. I'm expecting him to be the full time starter. Well, this is a name that should that should absolutely rise because yeah, he's big, he athletic, he's got I, long I arms. Yeah, I didn't know if you got to him because I caught flashes of him, and I felt the same. Like everywhere you found, I'm like hold on, like this is a dude. Then I thought about him, like. This Ohio State defensive line is crazy, right? Like, like it, it should be one of the best. Like, you have right. two interior defensive linemen, so you can't say that you're soft, right, and Tyler Williams and Michael Hall. And then the, the pass rushers, right, we talked about Jack Sawyer and JT Toromalu. We talked about them yesterday, right? And it's the same thing, that now that they're full-time starters, let's see what they can do. You know what I'm saying? And so this, this shout-out to this Ohio State defensive line because, I mean, that's going to change some things, and we'll get into our college football kind of predictions based off of prospects, right, Late, later into this uh, this process, probably end of August. But that's going to determine if I may choose them to win the Big Ten or the National Championship, this defensive line. So I, I agree, DP, when I watched this um, this defensive line, I was like, like, man, okay, like y'all have two interior defensive linemen, and Ty Leak. And and, Mike, and and if you say Talik has the higher motor, it's going to appear that you're saying that Michael Hall doesn't have a high motor. Right, Michael right. Hall still has a high motor. It's yes. just that Talik is just wired. He's just wired a little, wired a little different. different. One of those guys that you may concern about. Concern you don't about. expect to see a guy that big to hustle the way he hustles. It's like yeah. basketball, right? When you see a big center running the floor on fast break, all mm-hmm. big centers don't do that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And that's what you when you see a guy that's going to go baseline to baseline full speed, you would you appreciate that when you see a guy like Tyreek Williams and his size and what he brings to the table, you see him attack and and attack nonstop. Like he does not uh, one of the you know we talk about this with off interior offensive line like active hands. His he he throws punches. He's a repeat puncher. His hands are firing at like a hundred miles a minute. It feels like. Because if he doesn't land the right way or the way he wants to land, okay, I'm gonna reset. I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw another, and I'm gonna throw another. And you just you just love those things, man. Same thing with Michael Hall. These guys play with high motors, and it's, they're they're really tough to block, especially one on one. Yeah, I, I do. No, I agree, man. Ohio State defense line is going to be crazy this year. Definitely, um, all four of those guys watch them because they have potential to be first round guys, and that's crazy in itself. But DP, I know we talked about tier two. I, I, I want to kind of talk about a guy that I don't think is in tier two, but a name that, that's been popular. I don't know if it's just popular, you know, the draft network. or I, I just feel like I see his name a lot. And that's Florida State's defensive lineman, um, Fabian Lovett. Watched him in comparison to the rest of these guys. And I just don't know if he's on that caliber, right? Like good football player. I think that there's growth there. There's stuff that he can do to, to, to move his game forward. Right. And the, on the surface, there are, there are things to like, but like we said, man, we mentioned Talib, you mentioned Michael Hall. Um, you know, there's still, we're going to get into a couple other guys. I'm just not sure that he's on that level. Right. And we're talking about our scouting notebook, you know, right. Like we, we scout, we talk about the good, but we also have to talk about, uh, you know, the room for improvements or, 
things that we see that we disagree with. And I wanted to just kind of, you know, drop that in there with Fabian Lovett that, you know, watching the rest of these guys now, I'm like, okay, I, I think that, you know, it's just, he may just be a, a tear down, right? Like maybe not even tier two, maybe he's a tier three guy that can fill a specific role for you, but he still has another season to play. And there's a reason why he came back. And like I said, man, you week one, Florida, all eyes are going to be on Florida state. Week one, you have LSU. You got to play Clemson. You're supposed to be ACC champions, right? Like you, you, so you have, so he has some big time moments to make some plays and, and, and kind of, you know, elevate his game. No, 100%. That's a name that, that has been talked about a lot, you know, and, and being a guy that is kind of polarizing because people expect him to. They had another Florida State defensive tackle a couple years ago that came out that. Mar- was it Marvin Wilson? I think is his name. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yep. that he, he one that one year he he had a great season. And this this kind of speaks to when we talked about you know with, with TDN a couple months ago about like Olu Fashando. You you brought up the point of you strike while the iron is hot. Like if your name is buzzing as a as a first round pick, you take it. And I remember mm-hmm. that one year Marvin Marvin Wilson was like a lot of people view him as a top defensive tackle in college football. And I think he went back to school. And that next year, the production drop, his name did not buzz or ring for, for anything. And then I don't even know. I really don't know where he is now. I think he went undrafted. So yeah, it's like, you know, I think, and that's, you know, it's just crazy that they have another kind of hyped up prospect, again, that has to finally answer the, the bell if he's as good as the hype has been, man. But. That's a good name pull for Fabian Lovett. Like he's like you said, and even though we're talking about tier two interior defensive linemen, the fact that you talk about him that like you don't believe he is in it, he's more tier three, someone that should be day late, you know, late day two, early day three type of prospect. But he's got the chance to rise and, and, and fix his stock if he goes out there in these big games and balls mm-hmm. out because. They, they're, they're, their schedule was tough. Their schedule yeah, was they, tough. Nah, they they got to play some football, man. <laughs> they got to play some football, <laughs> man. So coming up next, man, you scout notebook. You know what time it is. It's it's, it's becoming my favorite segment probably because of DP's intro, right? Like he, he gets excited <laughs> over this, man. But we're going to talk about these sleepers. And these sleepers, we probably have about 10, 15 names to rattle off. We've had this one. We kind of had discussions inside of telling y'all, you know, exactly who's in our scouting notebook. But we have these names to rattle off, man. They, they, there's some Big 12 defensive linemen. There's some SEC guys that we got to talk about. So coming up next, man, we're going to get into these interior defensive linemen, these sleepers that you have to know. Let me introduce you guys to Bird Dogs. Bird dogs make me look and feel good. I believe they'll do the same thing for you. Their stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and the leg to give you a truly sculpted look. And it feels great after all the time you spent in the gym doing leg day. Their shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon's, but they fit way better. Not only do they fit way better than Lululemon, but also those regular shorts that you have in your closet that's made out of that stiff, restricting cotton, yeah, they're better than those as well. Why are they better? Because they use a cloud-knit fabric that looks just like khakis, but the stretch gives you a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. And guys, you're going to love the anti-stinking, sweat-wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long, especially in the summertime months. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL or enter the promo code locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler with your next order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL or promo code locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler with your next order. You will not want to take off your bird dogs. 
We promise you. It's time to wake up, family. You already know what time it is, man. We got to wake up. That alarm is going off for these sleeping, these sleepers at the interior defensive line. And Keith, I, I don't know. You, yeah, you've had my, I think you've had Miami for TDN in the past, if I remember correctly. They have a guy, Leonard Taylor, Leonard Taylor. that I got my eyes on last night. And he just fits the bill of, of, of what a lot of these, the body type, get, like the, the, the strengths, the, you know, stuff like that. It's it's a, it's very similar. Like these guys are very, they're no, they're not many polar opposites in this class. Like I said, the 2024 class, the 2023 are polar opposites because this class to me is has more of the pass rushing upside and ceiling compared to last year. You know what I was wondering? You know, like in basketball, the NBA, right? That mm-hmm. the big guys is more of a trend to know how to dribble and to shoot threes. You're not like that. That's the thing. Like the the, the big guys, they got to know how to dribble up the court. And then shoot threes. Like it started, you know, back with like Dirk Nowinski shooting threes. And then now it's like transcended to like every seven footer. You know what I'm saying? Like even like Brooke Lopez reinventing his game to be able to shoot threes, right? Like, you know how like that's a thing now. And like playing in the post is kind of a thing, but you have to shoot threes, right? I thought about this with the interior defensive lineman. Like is the trend being able to rush the passer, right? Because it's just like, I I agree with you. We talked about it earlier in the podcast that it's so many of these guys and you can start with Leonard Taylor that you like, Good athlete, fluid hips, smooth mover, can rush the passer. And then you just put a question mark next to stopping the run, right? Like you just put a question mark. Like, I think Thanks. they can do it. They look like they can do it, but I know for sure that they can rush the passer from the interior defensive line position. No, 100%. And, and that's where it is. Cause like I said, when I watched him, I was like, oh man, like the, the quickness, the power that he was able to play with. Uh, looks like he got functional arm length in his wingspan. Uh, a guy that, that really, that, that Miami defensive line has, like, because they got an edge rusher who kind of plays some inside as well. I think it's like 99 or 95 is his jersey number. De- it's Akeem. I can't pronounce the last name. But they got some they got some players over there. Is it you back? Who knows? But the point is, they got some players over there, man, especially for, for the NFL draft. And Leonard Taylor, I think, I, I don't hear his name enough, Keith. And that's why I put him in the sleeper because it's not a name that I hear talked about. But I think that's a name that we should discuss. And that if Miami's going to have a, a slate of games. They're going to have the opportunities against Clemson. Pretty sure Florida State, probably Duke and, and North Carolina as well. Leonard mm-hmm. Taylor's going to have the spotlight on him to go out there and be a dude. And if he becomes a dude, this interior offensive line, this interior defensive line class, man, it, it, it could be something. It could be much better than what meets the eye right now in the summers. Yeah, definitely could turn up. All right, DP, I'm going to head to the Big 12, man. I'm going to go with Gabe Hall-Bell into the defensive line, 6'6", 295 pounds. Like I said, 6'6", 295 pounds. This is a a fluid mover, man. This is a fluid mover, good athlete, well-proportioned guy, and – just he can play ball, right? Like sack production was there for you know for interior defensive lineman. I think he did six sacks in 2021, four and a half in 2022. So obviously he can rush the passer. Um, you you see good pursuit, right? Like he he's physical in his in his, like in his play, right? Like he he can be strong at the point of attack, but it's also still a question mark because he is six six. Like okay, make sure you keep that pad level down, right? So you don't get driven off of the football. And then there will be questions about Big Twelve and you know them with the the um 
you know, just playing along the line, right? Like in, in their line play and, you know, the big guys and stuff like that. But this is definitely a guy that can play some football, man. And, and he's a sleeper that nobody's talking about. Nobody's talking about the Baylor defensive tackle. I think we've seen him in maybe one mock draft. Uh, but the the, the yeah. hype, I think there's hype there. And I think there's potential for him to fulfill the hype uh, because of what he can do. And, I, I mean, you just don't know, right? Because we've seen Tyree Wilson and, and we've mentioned our concerns about Tyree Wilson on this very podcast and Tyree Wilson still went top 10. And now you have that question like, Hey, if Tyree Wilson went top 10, could Gabe Hall do it? Right. Oh, no, hundred percent. I, I got to stick with the ACC here and I'm going to travel to the SEC. Dwayne Carter from Duke, 6'3", 298. In the last two seasons, just looking from a number standpoint, 12 sacks, 11 QB hits, 66 pressures and hurries and six forced fumbles. This is a, a, a guy very similar to the Leonard Taylors, the Ty, Tyler Davis, the Rook, all these, you know, Michael Hall Jr., body type similar to. So, like I said, 298, 300, more of a three tech that you want rushing the passer. Um, I think he's solid in the run game, but his bread is going to be buttered, getting after the quarterback and collapsing the pocket. And he's a guy that I've, I've been trying to tell Clemson fans listen, you better block this guy week one. Because if not, Cade's going to be on the, he's going to be on this, he's going to be on Cade's heels. Cade's going to be on the run all game. And you don't want that because this is a very, very disruptive player. But Keith, to switch, to switch the gears to the body type over at Georgia, Nazir Stackhouse, like 6'2, 6'3, 325. How is it? Because we know we're looking for a Alabama. I mean, not I said Alabama. I'm going to talk about an Alabama guy, a Georgia <laughs> interior defensive lineman. Like what? Because, right, it's it's been, um, Jordan Davis, then it was Jalen Carter. So the, the, the natural question is who's next? I think he's I think he's up next. Like he, he's a he's a talented dude, plays nose tackle, but they, they put him in the A and B gaps, uh powerful against the run. And I think there's I think there is a little something for him, you know, in terms of attacking downhill and, and getting into the face of the quarterback. But he, he's a guy that's going to he's gonna make linebackers' jobs easier. Right, one of those guys is going to be able to two gap. He's going to be able to keep your linebackers clean because he's got that big wide frame um, and stature. That where, hey, if you because we know that defensive tackles are asked to do multiple things, and but Georgia doesn't. Georgia has their their style. Hey, contain and plug running lanes, and he does a good job of that, right? Because then you leave the, the smile Mundins and these other younger linebackers to flow to the football and get downhill and make plays and work freely. So I think that's what his value is mostly going to be at. I want to see more from him as a pass rusher, uh, just in general, you know, 11 hurries, no sacks, only has one in the last two years, but um, you know, a guy that his, his, he's more of, he's more of the run defender out of this defensive line class. Well, a lot of these other guys, their bread is brother, more passive or rushing the passive. Right, right. Okay, cool. And I, I already hinted at it, right? So I'm going to talk about an Alabama defensive lineman, and that's Alabama interior defensive lineman Timothy Smith. Um, And it's kind of similar to what you said about Nazir Stackhouse, and obviously you think about Alabama, Georgia, similar defensive schemes, and they recruit, right, similar players and what they want along the defensive front. This is this is a heavy-handed, big, strong, powerful guy, Um, you know, that, that has the potential to two-gap, right? He plays that zero tech. He can play one. He can play three. He can play, you know, that four-eye and the odd front so he can do a bunch of different things um it's just a matter of how high is he going to go now listen the the sack production is not there for timothy smith right and, and you're going to circle that and be like okay well how high can he go well look for darian mathis 
went what back into the second round, third round. Yeah. Byron Young, right, right after him, went what back into the second, third round, I believe. So the question is, is that some teams, while you know, sometimes being different will benefit you, right? Because you're you're the rare commodity, and maybe it may flip on itself, right? To where these pass rushing defensive tackles, is so many of them that the run stopping defensive tackles are going to be more coveted. And DP, before we cut off, I we, we've one name forgot to mention, and that was Jazir Newton from yeah, Illinois. Man. Yeah, like very powerful. And this guy should probably be in the tier two He's, headed yeah, into tier yeah. one because we're talking about one of those run stopping guys. He definitely has that ability. No, I'm glad you brought it up because I he, he I, I forgot to jot him down. So I was looking at my notes and completely forgot about bro. But yeah, he's one of the, another attacking Agreed. style. Yeah, you know, a dude that can get after the quarterback, got the athleticism and everything else, man. But he may uh, be man. one of the more complete guys that can do both, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah, because he's, he's, he's powerful at the point of attack, but he also athletic enough to where he can get upfield. No, I, I think you know Kalaja Kansi is going to help a lot of these guys out because I think a lot. Of, I think most of these guys are bigger than him. You know what I mean? So it's like you know he, he him going first round. Mozzie Smith's going to ha- help the the you know uh, Timothy Smith and Nazir Stackhouses of the world being those big kind of run stuffers that can get into that first, second round range of the NFL draft. You just got to go out there and handle your business and showcase your skill set. But guys, go subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts, get the latest episode uh, as soon as it's available. Thank y'all for making Locked On NFL Draft your first listen today and every single day. Y'all already know what time it is. We appreciate y'all for being our family and our every single days. And Keith, you already know, Monday. What's coming back Monday? Mock draft Monday. Get get ready oh, for yeah, it. Monday. We got a, a nice spicy one that we're gonna get into and have some fun with and break it down. Picks one through ten, all the way all, all the way to thirty two. Giving you our biggest takeaways. Uh, but in terms of Twitter for Keith Sanchez, you can find and follow him at the Talent Code. Me, Damian Parson. Find and follow me, DP underscore NFL. Come and join the conversation again on Monday on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.